greetings there, travelers. Hope everything's going well for you. Welcome to the campsite of the Ballad of the Seven Dice, where we toast marshmallows and have good times out here in the spooky, scary jungle. Forest. Place with trees. It's a big one. It's kind of scary, travelers. Hope everything's been going well with you. I'm honestly surprised you keep coming back to the campsite, but maybe that's a good sign that the magic's still working. We're still managing to attract you here for the tale. Oh. oh it looks like there's quite a few things that want to eat me here. Usually Michael goes out and hugs. We've been sleeping in shifts and it sucks. I get so bored. Oh my goodness, thank goodness you came by, travelers. I was talking to a squirrel for like an hour. The jerk just walked away from me. Uh, well, uh, things have been pretty quiet on our front, travelers, aside from the fact that even though we're in the middle of a forest, we still managed to get some t-shirts made. So hop on over to our store on BelladoftheSevenDice.com and check those out for some nifty cool things. And, uh, top it all off, we got a few new cool stories on our Patreon. So if you like that kind of thing, or if you just want to support us, hop on over there. Well, let's see, we got no fan mail. Hmm, that's sad. Um, oh no. Trent. Hey, Trent. Greetings from BattleBards.com Would you like some interesting sound effects? <sighs> or maybe even have some cool fireball spells or explosions? Go check out BattleBards for all your sound how are you a bard? What? How are you a bard? How are you a bard? How do you travel around playing freaking music and sharing tales and stuff? What? How? I like to tap dance for my plant friends. What? Now. Oh. Okay, thanks, Trent. Sorry, travelers, you had to see that. It's just <laughs> when you only have Trent to talk to. Uh, alright. Cool. Thanks, Trent, for all that. So let's hop on to this story. We've already seen what's been going on with Borodon and Ronnie. Some pretty heavy stuff and craziness and just finding out all these crazy things about the two of them, honestly. There was a lot of information in that last one. Oh boy, and I'm glad he finally got to see that purple mage. But, uh, today we're actually gonna dip on over to MZ. We're gonna see what MZ's up to, and maybe see some secrets from Mr. Secretive. You know, he likes to hide things, including himself. So, hop on over with me, travelers as we look into Emsy's prologue. A glimpse of home.
Hey, I'm Robert, and I'm playing MZ, the Gith Yankee Ranger. So, MZ, you open up your eyes, and suddenly you are in the very busy streets of Tunarath. Your fellow Gith are everywhere. They're walking past you, shoulder-checking you because you're in the way. There are carts being pushed, a lot of different items, weapons, armor. It's being shoved around. One of your brothers you see, not too far from you, waves at you. As he starts to walk over, his black robes covering most of his body, his feet never quite touching the ground. Emzy, how are you doing? How are you feeling, brother? How did I get here? What do you mean you've always been here, Emzy? Are you ready for the next hunt? We're going to be sending you to Greyhawk. I just look around. Like, is this an illusion? Am I being tricked right now? I just don't want to say anything to him. You're not sure. You feel the ground under your feet. You smell the familiar smells of the city, the cold, stale air just passing by you. You hear everybody talking your language. When your brother came up to talk to you, he was speaking in your tongue. And the sky seems very similar. It's got that strange... Black mixed with purple swirling going through it, little stars dotting here and there, and the stones of the dead god that make up your city are soundly underneath your feet. How did I get here? I imagine you walked here from your abode. Is it treating you well? You no longer are in those training halls. Is this a memory? A memory? What's happening to you, Emzy? Emzy, where are you? Where do you think you are? I just look at him and just say, I'm home. Come on, let's go. He gives you a cautious glance, but nods, and you start walking with him. The orderliness of this city is very apparent while you're walking through it. It's a familiar feeling. Everything is set how it should be. Regulations are followed. Customs proceed as they should. People are going through different checkout lines to bring their weapons into the deeper parts of the city and ensure that they have the proper levels of permissions to do so. You see a lot of the gith are trying to sell their wares along the side. There's a few astral travelers, not very many though. Most people here are of gith. And you see there are a number of soldiers that are marching around, a bit more than usual actually. And they're all fully armored, and they have their silver greatswords on their backs. You look at your sides, and you see your two old familiar blades that you used to have, but no longer. So, Emzy, are you ready to kill your first lithid? Yes. You best not disappoint the family. 
There is high hopes riding on you. There's always high hopes on me. I don't think they expect much from you anymore, brother. And I just kind of laugh. He scowls. If it wasn't for me, we wouldn't have the communication relays that we've had now. We could scan even further than before. The far worlds are now in our reach. Our portals can go anywhere. And as you're walking, things flicker a bit. One moment you're looking at everything around you, the normal city you're used to, and then it's dark with little bits of light peeking through and you smell heavy smells of earth and blood. And then it goes back to this again. Are you all right, brother? You look troubled. Yeah, I'm okay. What's on your hand? You see your symbol begin to glow. Um... <laughs> uh... Shit. Oh, this? This is... This is cool. Yes. What is that? It's a... It's a little power that I picked up. Where did you receive it? That's not any of your business. And I put my hand in my pocket. You make it to the central area where they've just constructed these new platforms with these portals that your brother had been working on for some time now. And it's these large raised platforms and these array of just these uh, hoops, these stone hoops that are maybe 15, 20 feet tall. They're set up perfectly spaced between each other. And you see at each of them, there's this raised pedestal and a few gems laid into it. And there's a gift standing at each one. Every so often, a set of soldiers walks up to one of these hoops and then a portal forms inside of it, swirling, while one of the gifts works the pedestals and the soldiers walk through and it closes behind them. You see a number of the people that you traveled with before, the ones who died in that tunnel, that nobody could ever remember. And you see Zin is standing there. He's holding on to a small white rock that he seems to just be fiddling with, and he sees you and puts it in his pocket. Hey, Emzy. Zin. Come on, let's get ready to go. What happened? Give me that stone. What do you mean? As your lord, give me the stone. Why do you want this stone, Emzy? He takes the stone out of his pocket and he looks up at you, his eyes yellowed, his hair gray, his skin stretched tight. You see his hand reaches out and grabs onto your throat. Everyone's just staring at you while you're clutching at his arm and trying to pull away from it. And you hear, Why, MZ, did you want to try to change the past? And your stomach is ripped open, and suddenly, just this burst of pain, you wake up, You hear muffled voices going, I think someone's down here. Come, help me move this rubble. Who is this? It's me, MZ. It's MZ, come on, hurry. And a number of them are pulling the rubble away. They're moving things quickly. And you see as they're moving stuff away, you look down, your arm is completely twisted and broken. One of your legs is snapped backwards. Like, oh, oh God, MZ, it's gonna be okay. It's going to be okay. Oh, God. Put him under. This is too much. 
and you feel the effects of this magical sleep take hold of your mind and you slip away. As you wake up, you hear the sound of birds chirping outside. You feel yourself in a bed. Your body's sore, but it's not really in pain. You're just feeling stiff, like you haven't moved around much. You look over to one of the beds off to the side, and you see Kelsar. He's still completely covered in bandages. Both of his legs are in casts. You feel groggy as you look around and recognize the sleeping quarters of the Chosen Headquarters. Is there anyone else in here? You don't see anyone. You see your gear and Kalsar's gear is near each of your beds. You look down and you just see you're just in a basic shirt and pants. Ordon? Kelsar? He's not there. His bed's empty and so is Ronnie's. Am I, I am feeling better though? Yeah, you don't hurt, you're just sore, stiff, like you need to stretch. Okay, I'll, uh, I'll get up, start making my way to the door. So you get up, your bones are cracking and creaking as you start making your way towards there. You feel the familiar hum of energy from the symbol on your left arm as it's gone completely all the way up to your shoulder from that time that you fought the Illithid. You see the light blue energy coursing through your veins and your body. As I'm thinking that, I stop and I look at myself, and I'm just in, like, pants and a shirt. Yeah. Where's my gear? It's over right beside your bed. I quickly run to it, and uh, where's the anti-scrying stone? It's inside one of the pockets in your leather armor. I grab it so that I'm holding on to it. You feel that little bit of energy sort of coat over you. And I just stop and I think to myself, was my brother just scrying on me? Does he know? Like, I'm just trying to think if that was a dream. Was that a, a nightmare? Was that my mm-hmm. my one brother scrying on me? You know, and maybe that's, I don't know. You know he's very powerful. But just sort of this feeling of, yeah, this feeling of fear and dread is just kind of, you know, sort of this panicked feeling going through me. As you're holding on to this stone, you look down, you're gripping it, your knuckles are white, there's a little bit of blood that's on your palm as you see your nails have just dug into your palm of your hand. And... You hear someone cough as they're standing in the doorway. I look over. You see, it's Oldrich Windcatcher, the elven woman you spoke to before. You see on her chest is the pin of the hunters. It's the same pin you saw Doomsayer wear, but no one else, and now it appears that she's wearing it. Emzy, it looks like you're doing better. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling better. And I'll try to make a, a sleight of hand to put the stone in my pocket without her seeing. Sure. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's a natural one <laughs> in the rolls. 
So you go to pocket this really quick, and your hand fumbles because you were clenching it so hard it was kind of hard to open it. You quickly go to slide this in your pocket, and it slips and falls into the ground and bounces to her feet. And she picks up this small, somewhat bloodied stone and looks at it for a second. Let's see if she knows what it is. With a natural 20, sure does. <laughs> she got a three on her perception to see you, but... <laughs> she looks at this stone and just sort of rolls it in her fingers for a second before looking up at you and handing it back to you. Who are you hiding from? I saw this stone on the other three as well. It's in their gear. It's, uh... So Matthews and Dorham don't know where we are. That's a half-truth, I'll give it to you. That's a half-truth, <laughs> yeah. that's right. I'm not lying. She just slowly nods. All right, then. Well, it seems you're feeling better. Uh, how are your wounds? Yeah, they're good. I, I feel better. Just a little stiff. Your other two friends, they've been up for a bit now. A couple days. They've been checking in on you every now and then. Kelsar still hasn't woken up. Where is Kelsar? He's just in the bed beside you. Oh. He's, uh, you see him, he's covered in bandages, and both of his legs are in casts right now. Hmm. He's been like that for a few days. We were able to take the casts off his arms. Uh, they seem to be fully healed, but his legs are taking a little bit longer. He took a heavy brunt of that hit. The only one who was, I guess, the least damaged out of all of you was, I'd say, Ronnie. <laughs> That doesn't surprise me. That man's got some luck to him. Yeah. He was just in a golden suit. He should have been dead. All of you should have been dead. But somehow the four of you survived. We lost a lot of people from that battle. New Dawn's gone. It's wiped off the map. And we also lost Sven, Doomsayer, a number of other captains. Our troops' morale is low. Astoria's in a coma. She was protecting Ronnie's daughter Amelia and that unconscious wizard you brought. But both of those people are gone now. We don't know if Dorham has them or they got away. I feel like I shouldn't have attacked Dorham. Why did you attack Dorham? It's the enemy. Kill her, and it's over. You couldn't have possibly thought you would have won, though. Uh, you would just run and hide try to regroup try to mount a combined attack but you just marched right up to her by yourself kind of reminds me of what this one did she points to Kelsar he just ran right at Matthews it's like he has no fear of him if you're afraid of the enemy you give them all the power but if you're foolhardy it gets you killed it's true well are you hungry do you feel like eating yeah, I could go for something to eat. Come on in. Everybody is eating in the mess all right now. Grab your gear if you want it. Yeah, I put all my gear on. I put that stone in a safe pocket. You're putting the stone in your pocket. You look over and you see Kelsar's stone is in his armor. And like it's there's a tiny glisten coming from it where the sunlight's just hitting it. I'll pick it up and put it in his hand. You see his hand reflexively just squeezes it. So yeah, I, I put my gear on. And looking down at your own body, you see 
normally you got that olive green skin. There's large patches where it's a lot lighter. It looks like it's fresh skin that was just formed not too long ago. Hmm. You're pretty blotchy, which means you're probably burned pretty bad. You go with Aldrich to the mess hall. You see there's a number of the Chosen already there. They're eating. The numbers are a lot fewer than there usually are. A lot of people are looking at these books. They're pouring over them. They have these large fish hooks that you remember seeing from the large creatures that you were fighting at New Dawn when they melted down. Yeah. And you just hear a lot of people debating, are they holy symbols? Are these relics? Where are they from? Are they magic items? Did I make a check on them? Sure. What would you like to do? I just can't remember if last session... No, I I wouldn't have because I just saw them at the end and then you ended everything, right? Yeah, like you saw them a couple times throughout the fight, but you never really had the chance to look because you were in the middle of fighting everything. Can I make a knowledge history? Sure. 13? You're not sure with these ones. You look at the writing along the side and it looks old. You don't recognize whatever language it is, but... It's very old. The fish hooks themselves, they don't look very aged. They look like they were newly forged. But the writing and everything, it's just like this old scripture that's going across them. And you can't figure out what it's saying. Hmm. Interestingly enough, um, with my greater favored enemy, I get a second language. Okay. Or I get a I get a bonus I get a bonus language, and I haven't actually chosen one yet. What do you think that MZ would learn? That's what I don't know, and that's why I didn't pick one. So maybe I'll study this scripture that's on this relic. I don't know. Okay. Yeah, you can eat at one of the tables that has one of these on them. Yeah, I I'm not expecting to just like magically know what it is but maybe over time uh, this is how i could learn another language if it is another language i don't know it definitely seems to be you see there are patterns in the different words that are written on here which must mean letters or words or something you're not too sure but why don't you make me just a general intelligence check my uh my worst check that's right that's gonna be a lot of the checks today oh no my second worst uh, because you uh, you fucked me over and you made my intelligence go down I gave you power uh, 17 actually I'm a smart motherfucker okay <laughs> you're a good study if nothing else <laughs> you're pouring over this and you kind of lose yourself in looking at these fish hooks you tune out everyone else talking around you and it just becomes white noise in the back you're looking at these more and more and there's just one word that keeps getting repeated again and again and even the look of the word looks like a giant fish you just can't figure it out but you're starting to see the patterns in the words you're starting to see how they're formed you can by no means read it yet but you're at least starting to understand the general gist of it. Okay. I'll just point these patterns out to whoever I'm sitting with, if they're looking at it too. 
Yeah, you're sitting with, uh, there's Aldrich and there's a few of the other hunters and they're sitting there talking about it. Now that you kind of snapped out of this reverie that you're in, you can hear them say, is it connected to the cultists or is this some other new player? There's always someone else. I don't know what the hell it says. None of us have seen this before. And Aldrich is tapping at the hook. Whatever this was, it was inside those creatures, and it was empowering them somehow. There's no magic left in them, but... We have to figure this out. These had to have come from somewhere. And they just look over at you. MZ, do you have any idea? Where do you think this would possibly come from? I don't know, but uh, if you look at this, and then I'll just like point out what you said about how like I'm seeing the patterns and everything like that. So you point that out and then you point out the one word constantly reoccurring again and again. You point out how it kind of looks like a fish and they're sitting there fish. Well, these are like fish hooks. You think this would be from somewhere around here? An island maybe? Maybe the docks? I don't know if we'd be so lucky. I mean, we could go look. It's worth a try. They give you kind of like a a coy smile. You gonna come ride with the hunters for a bit? Take a break with Death Shift? Yeah, I guess I could teach you a few things. Let's see what your people know about hunting. (laughs) So you finish up your food, and so do they. They pack up their stuff. You look outside, and the sun has started to go down. It must have been mid-afternoon when you woke up. And it looks like it's starting to dip maybe around 7 o'clock. You feel that autumn breeze as you step outside into the street. You can smell that smell of the air getting colder. You look around at the few trees that are in the area. Their leaves have completely changed color. So, Mr. Hunter, where do you think we should go first? I think we should go to the docks first. I have a fish hook with me. It's quite large. Oh. It's like, uh, probably be like the size of a dwarf. Oh, okay. Never mind. I could say you have like a sketch of one. Yeah. And some of the basic runes that were on it and stuff. I just want to try something, but, uh, before we go, can we try putting it in water? Sure. They pull out this basin, like a bathtub. And they drag it out into that little courtyard where usually Elwyn would make portals in. And they fill it up with some water and drag one of the hooks there. A few of them are looking a little skeptical, but Aldrich waves her hand and they slowly lower the fish hook into the water. At first, you don't see anything. You wait a minute and nothing's really happening. And then you see a very, very faint bluish glow come from it you see that i i point at it to uh wind catcher she crouches down she's looking at it so whoever we're dealing with they're aquatic it kind of makes sense with the creatures they looked like they weren't exactly skilled at being on land it looked like they belonged in the ocean and i look at her and i say that's two things i figured out and nothing for you well I'll give it that. You know creepy shit really well. I know how to hunt. It's the water it is. Come on, let's go to the docks. 
So they get up, they put the fish hook, or actually they leave it there, and a few other people excitedly come out to look at it and start talking about it. And you walk out with these hunters. There is Aldrich, she is the the elven woman, the wood elf. You have this halfling, who he looks like he's maybe middle-aged, and he has a few hand crossbows strapped to him, a couple swords. And there's also a tiefling that's wandering with you guys. And she has this black skin and her horns are curved like ram horns. Well, let's make our way to the docks. We don't want to attract much attention. She looks over at your cloak. Here, use this one instead. That one, there's nothing special about it. She hands you this cloak and it has this fine elven clasp in the center of it. As you put it on, you see that it kind of changes color a little bit to the surroundings. Not too much noticeably, but enough that it would help you blend in a bit. And that grants you a plus two to your stealth checks. Nice. So you guys start traveling on, and you stick to a lot of alleyways. You notice they always seem to be alert of who's coming and going down the street. They have this down to a wordless procedure, something you're used to with your kind. Especially when you're hunting the illithid, you try to never make a sound when you're going. A lot of it was hand gestures and just uh, procedures that each other would know and would just go through as if they do it every day. You're picking up quickly on what they're doing and just sort of meshing in with their whole thing. Roll me a stealth check. Uh, 24. So you, the whole lot of you, are just unseen, unheard. All the time when you're slipping into a crowd, you'll just as easily slip out of it, and people don't even really notice, because there's so many that are just moving around, especially as you get closer and closer to the docks. There's a lot of people that are carrying in last-minute freight off ships. There's people who are just leaving from work. There's some that are heading overnight to go work in warehouses and move things around. There's just these large crowds that are just moving, and you're using them as this buffer to keep any unwanted eyes off you. As you dip through these alleyways, you find yourself finally at the docks, this smell of just rotting fish and salt air comes and hits you. You hear gulls going overhead and eating the bits and pieces that are left behind by all the people working in the area. Well, the docks have a lot of warehouses. More than likely, we're going to be looking at someone who is either closely tied with the cult, or they are in the cult itself. I can't imagine this is going to be anyone else. But keep your eyes peeled. We're going to first start with a few of these warehouses closer. You see them start scaling the side of one of the warehouses. I just used my boots. So you just soar up to the top. And you're up top there before they could even get there. You see the halfling climbs up. Those are some fancy boots. Yeah, it's actually the first time I've ever used them. Wow, lucky us. And Aldrich comes up right after him and she helps the tiefling up. Elvar, she looks at the halfling. I want you to go ahead, see what you can see. Us three, we're going to scan the crowd. Let's see if we can find anyone that's entering into these warehouses and either looks too cautious or too confident. So we're just going to people watch right now? 
We're gonna see if there's anything of note. And uh, Elvar has a easy time getting into places. He's gonna take a quick look inside. Okay. So roll me a perception. 24, shit. All right, man, you're on fire today. Yeah, that's dice roller. Just had to get that one out of your system. Yeah, it gave me a one, but... So you're looking around the crowds and you peek back just to see what Alvar's doing. You see the symbol on his left hand glows and you see he just sort of turns into this mist and he goes between the shingles on this roof and just goes into the warehouse. You just turn back and you're looking through the crowds and you see there are all sorts of people, a lot of dock workers, obviously. Um, there's a few people who look like sailors. You see some merchants coming back to check on their wares, make sure that everything's in order. You see a few individuals that are just sort of glancing around and um, they look like they're dressed normally, just everyday clothing. They're kind of pushing a person along, like a person's not excited to be with them and they're kind of forcing them forward. I just say to Windcatcher, what do we have here? And I just kind of like nod, nod with my head. I don't know. person could owe some debts. Maybe they're being kidnapped. Could we follow them? Me and you will go after them. Let's let Elvar and Helia stay back here. She'll wait for Elvar and... She can go ahead and meet up with us. Okay. So she motions uh, to go follow after the guy. There's a lot of people, so she goes and she starts making her way down the building. I'll uh, make my way down, too. Do you fly or do you just uh, climb? I'll climb. All right, roll me in athletics. With the boots, is there a certain amount of times I'm allowed to use them? You have like a certain amount of minutes in the day, and you can just break it up. I'll just, I'll just use the boots. Okay. I will just say it's 30 minutes, and you can break it up between. And then it resets each day? Yeah. Okay. You sail down and land on the ground safely as Windcatcher just effortlessly goes down the side of this building, and you proceed to follow these people. They seem to be not moving at a quick pace as to not gather attention, and they're also having to constantly sort of push and prod this person forward. And roll me another perception as this crowd starts to get a bit thicker. Uh, Even better, 25, just got a 19. Jesus. (laughs) So you are keeping your eyes on them. Every so often people are getting in your way, but you're not even noticing them. You're just walking around them, no problem. And eventually, as you're walking through the docks, they take a turn where the river actually comes down to meet the ocean. You see, they're walking up, after they cross the bridge to the other side of the river, they're walking up. As you're following them along, you see this area is kind of more of a, a little more run down as you're walking along this river's edge. And you see the houses, they more and more start to become more decrepit, the woods rotting on them. People are still living in them, but obviously you're in a lower income area. Okay. And as you follow along, you see they are now starting to become a bit more cautious. Make me a stealth check. Uh, shit. Ten. Uh-oh. I just got a two. The high rolls had to come to an end. Eventually. <laughs> yep. 
So you are following along, and you look, and Windcatcher, like, she sees them uh, start to look around, and she damn near disappears. You could just barely see her in the shadows of one of the buildings. You go, and you quickly run behind a couple crates. You hear one of them say, I think they're following us. Quick, this way. Come on. And you uh, hear them start moving a lot faster. Uh, fuck. Um, I just say to Windcatcher, they know we're following. Well, we can give them the illusion that they got away, but it's going to be tough. Or we can try to catch them right now. As soon as she says that, I'll misty step in front of them if they're not too far away. Yeah, so you see they're just about to turn a corner and you quickly misty step and you form right in front of them. Yeah, so they like they they make that turn around the corner and then I'm like standing there. It's, it's a goblin. <sighs> they pull, both pull out these clubs. What the hell do you want? You see these two human men, they're wearing each your average clothing, tunic, long pants, and they look a little rough. You see the person that they're pushing along is this He's not quite elderly, but he's starting to get up there in age. This older man, he looks like a half-elf. He looks up at you, his eyes almost pleading. I keep my one hand that has the symbol on it hidden, and I stick my other hand out just by my side, and then I form a long sword out of my hand. Like, I let the blood, I let blood sort of drip on the ground a little bit on the cobblestone, and then just have a sword sort of form out of the blood coming out of my hand and I'll do it in a way that's sort of maybe I'll make an intimidate check sure 13 so your blade of blood starts slowly forming out of your hand and they grip their clubs tighter looks like we got ourselves a witch (laughs) and what's your AC 15 we got a 15 and a 19 okay so both these clubs come in and it kind of catches you off guard because you thought they were going to be a little more intimidated. And you take 10 points of damage as these clubs just hit you on the side. Now you can roll for initiative. Fuck. Eat. Here come the low rolls. So many highs, so many lows. You go and you drew this blade of blood and they swung these clubs hitting you on the side. And the man looks terrified in between them. And suddenly this arrow comes out of the darkness. And you see... Let's see if it hits. You see one of them slams into the one guy and it clocks him in the side of the head. And as it hits down to the ground, you see that they're blunt. It's almost like a sandbag at the end of them. And another one narrowly misses the other guy. And the first guy just collapses down to the ground. And the other guy looks around going, what? Shit. And he looks like he's about to take a run for it, and it's your turn. I will try to make a grapple on him, actually. Sure. Roll an athletics check. Would you accept acrobatics? No. Uh, 17. Yeah, you beat him. So you got him in a hold. You grab onto both of his arms as he was about to bolt, and now you got them in this sort of lock, and... 
He's trying to press against you, but can't seem to do it. What the hell kind of goblin are you? I just don't say anything. If he thinks I'm a goblin, he can think I'm a goblin. Uh, roll me uh, another athletics check to hold on. 14. So you see he goes and he takes your arms and quickly pushes them off to the side and you stumble back a little bit. He just starts running. You get an attack of opportunity as he starts trying to run away deeper into the houses. 15. Now are you doing subdual or lethal? I'll keep it subdual. Alright, roll your damage. Uh, 11. So you clock him in the side of the head and he just topples. The half-elf man just starts going, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I don't know who you are, but thank you. And Aldrich walks out of the shadows. Well, looks like we got two of them, though I do wish we could have seen where they're going. Where were they taking you? Um, uh, they just said there was a house by the river. That's all I know. I, I don't know who these men are. They grabbed me from my home. This has been happening all over the city. There, there are people going missing so much. Said a house by the river. Yes, I, I don't know what one. There's a lot of them here, but it's just all they said. I just look at Windcatcher like... <laughs> Not much to go on, and yeah, there's a lot of houses, so... She crouches down and starts searching through the guy's pockets. She pulls out one piece of paper. She looks at it and then hands it to you. What does it say? It says, you know what to do. Bring him down to the house. Wait till night. They'll come. You'll get the money. Then just go and relax like you always do. That's still pretty vague for finding where we need to take them. This is true. Maybe we could wait till one of them wakes up. I don't know about having two of them, though. And just in a little bit of time, suddenly, um, Elvar and Helia come back up to you guys. Took us a bit to find you. Yeah, you guys are pretty quick. These two people were taking him to a house down by the river. That's all he knows. This is a note that Windcatcher found on the one guy, and I'll give it to the rogue. He looks over it. Ah, yeah, not a lot to go on. But this is kind of where Helia comes in. If you don't mind. She looks uncomfortable, but she crouches down near one of the guy's heads. And uh, her symbol glows as you watch her fingers slowly go into his head. Like they're just passing through his skin. You hear this squishing sound as she looks grossed out and she stops to the point where it looks like it's almost up to her knuckles and closes her eyes and she's thinking for a moment and then she takes her hands back out and let me just check so she takes her hands back out and you see there are still red marks and little drops of blood where she her fingers leave but it looks like the skin is sealed back up and she shudders and wipes her hands off. These two are despicable. Disgusting excuses for humans. This... They work in a slaver business. They kidnap people and they bring them to this house, but... It's weird, they... 
They walk the people to the river, and then it's just suddenly they have money, and the person's gone. There's a blank spot in their memories. I could take you to the house. I'll drag them off to the side, and uh, I will kill them. Alright, so you drag them off to the side while they're talking, and do you do this quietly, or you just kill them and it doesn't matter? No, like I'll do it quietly. Like I'm not gonna... Like I understand that I'm, I'm murdering them, but because of, because of what they've done, I, I absolutely hate that. Goes against everything that MZ believes in. And if they're that despicable of people, then they serve no purpose anymore. So you pull them off just in a bit of the shadows between two houses, and it's quick work. You kill these two. Your blades of blood strike out and then go back into your hand as you see just the last of their life drain out and you walk back and the three of them are staring at you you notice the half-elf man's gone now are they there won't be any more kidnappings not by these two anyways they nod none of them seem too heartbroken over the loss well Let's make our way to this house and, I guess, wait till nightfall. Okay. Let's do that then. You march along for maybe another 20 minutes. You're going past a number of these houses until Halaya takes you to this one where it looks like parts of it have been fixed up, put back together compared to the others. And she moves a rock near the front of the door and takes out a key and unlocks the door and opens it up. Those powers might be revolting, but at least they are helpful. And she leads you on into an almost empty-looking place. There is a single bed with a rotted-looking cot. There's a few chairs, a table, an old oil lantern sitting on it, a deck of cards. Just a little bit distracted by her, but I just ask her if she can see people's memories. Like, is that what, is that what you can do? I, I have to relive them through their eyes. I feel what they feel. I hear their thoughts as though they were my own. And it's difficult to go through sometimes, especially with people like that and... That's why I don't like using my powers very much. If I use them too much, I could lose myself. So, are you able to tell if something is a memory or a dream or if it was a spell or anything like that? Or... Yeah, I could probably figure that out. Yeah. Memories have different feelings than dreams. Dreams are hazy and muddled, but memories are clear things I could walk through okay was there something you wanted me to look at before I woke up I thought I was somewhere else and I don't know if I was being scried on I don't know if I was actually where I think I was I just don't I don't know and I need to stay one step ahead of some certain people and I need to know what they know sit on the chair um, 
If I do this to you're standing, you'll fall. Is it safe? We just... Like, we just walked in here. It, the room's empty. There's nothing in here. The other two will watch. Windcatcher nods. We'll take care of this area, don't you worry. You two can do that if you think that somebody's been messing with your mind. Okay. I'll sit in the chair. Hilaya goes behind you, and you feel her fingers go on the side of your head. And it is an unnerving feeling. It doesn't hurt, but you can feel her fingers going in. Then suddenly you are back in that moment. And it's almost like it's on fast forward. You're watching things just flip on by. You are standing in those streets. You see your brother come up to you. You see the conversation, but it's floating by quickly. Your hesitation, you're looking around. You see Zin holding onto that white stone. You see your brother scowling at you, the portals opening up, the soldiers marching out, and Matthew's gutting you, then you're back. And you hear her. She stumbles back. She's coughing. Her hand is on her head. Tunareth, the son of the queen, stands before thee. The gith march on all worlds. The blood they spill, the wars they bring. And she's just trying to hold herself up. And both of her hands now are on the side of her head. I just uh, don't want her saying that out loud. I just kind of like... I'll get up to, to help her and like like shh, 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 shh. You see she has a panicked look in her eye. She doesn't even see you. He looked, he watched, he saw. His gaze fell upon his brother in a world swirling amongst the stars. He sees you in the war. That was my brother. My brother scried on me. He wasn't just scrying. He was in your mind. If he was in my mind, does that mean that he could do what you did? Can he? Did Was he able to see everything? He was trying. He was trying to look in, but you were resisting him. Your symbol was fighting him. And just as he was looking in, something else came in. The, the white stone, it stopped him, and... It took you out of your dream quickly before it was too late, before he got in, before he had control. The white stone and the one behind it protected you from him. So Matthews interfered with it? Matthews? That was Matthews? I'm positive that was Matthews. That doesn't make any sense. I saw... I'll go back to the beginning, and I'll say that Zin, the guy who was holding the white stone... He had the white... Before I came here to this world, he had that white stone, and he trans- it transformed him, and then he killed me. That's why when I saw him standing there with the stone, I tried to get the stone from him again, but again, he killed me. I see. So, those people, those were the dead ones that you walked with. Yeah. I don't know why, but Matthews has an eye on you. Probably all of you. Whatever your brother was trying to do, 
Matthews didn't want him to. I don't know why, but they were competing against each other and Matthews overpowered him and kicked him out of your mind and woke you up. If you were to step through that portal in that dream, I believe that would have let your brother in. The city was like your mental defense, somewhere you felt comfortable and safe in. And the portal would have probably put him into a domain that he was stronger in. After I remember that. I'll just like thank her. And I'll tell her that she can't speak of anything that she may have seen in my head to anyone ever. She looks at you. Her eyes are a little frazzled. Like she, she looks like she's still coming down from being incredibly frightened. She probably felt everything that you felt, that fear of Matthews holding on to you again and then ripping you open. She lived through each moment of that. So you don't think that kind of information would be important for people to know? It is your memory. I'll leave it with you, but I'm just saying. It seems a bit big. No one can know who I am. It's for their safety. Okay. If you feel that's the right thing to do, then who am I to oppose it? This is your life. You look outside, and it looks like some time has passed since you're here. The sun set. You see the moon is reflecting off the river through one of the windows. You see Aldrich is at one window and Elvar's at the other, sitting on a few crates. You can hear the sounds of the water gently going by. And make me a perception check. 16. You are sort of uh, coming back out of this dreamlike state. You're on a bit of a high alert because you had to go through all that again and realizing what you know now kind of has you on edge. But you hear the sound of water breaking something coming out of it or going into it something like that something's moving in the water you guys hear that oldrich holds a finger up to her lips and she motions you two forward okay make me a stealth check as you walk forward 20 so your feet walk across these boards you look down and see which ones would probably creak compared to the others and make your way to the window. Looking out, you see just breaching the water is a large fish head and has these two dead fish eyes looking around. Every so often, it comes a little more out of the water and you just hear these croaks. As it seems to be waiting for something. There's just one? Yeah. I'll hold up one finger, and then I'll, like, point sort of where it is. And you see Aldrich nods to you. The creature comes into a little bit more of the shallow area. You now see its shoulders are out of the water, this glistening, slimy, fish-like skin on it. There's a large fin on its back. It's hunched over. It looks like it could possibly be around seven to eight feet tall. And the smell coming from it, you can smell it from here, and you're probably a good 20 feet away from this creature. Just this rotting fish smell, kind of similar to the docks, is coming from this creature. 
and you before were smelling sort of the damp woods and the sort of smell that's coming from the river, and now it just smells of rot, and this creature's still looking around. Are you ready? Bring me the one. Humans, where are you? I just, like, quietly have my sword come out. You look around, you see Aldrich has her bow, and she's pulling back an arrow. You see just uh, below, there's this blackish flames that's coming from Hilia's hands, and you see Elvar has two hand crossbows that are pointed out the window. You see Aldrich mouth three, two, one. What do you do? Uh, what do they do? You see one's about to let go of an arrow, one's about to pull two triggers, and one's about to throw some strange ball of energy. Okay. I'll use my new sweet power, my etheralness, or ethereal step, or whatever it is. Yeah. And, uh, when I do that, am I still able to attack? Or... What does it say about that? Do I... Hmm. As a bonus action, you can cast it. Oh, okay. You can cast it, move, and then pop back in to attack. Because dismissing a spell isn't an action. Okay, I'll do that then. Get to it. So you see Aldrich fires two arrows. Uh, One of them sails wide, but one of them nails it in the chest as it shrieks in surprise. This blast leaves Hilia's hand as it nails the side of the creature, leaving this scorch mark on it. And these two hand crossbow bolts slam into the creature and it shrieks out, looking around panicked. And what do you do? I will do what we said I would do. When I go when I go a thorough, does that so I don't actually have to jump through the window though right no you can just walk right through the wall yeah okay and so that's a bonus action and then i can snap out of it and attack yep okay i'll do that then so your body suddenly becomes transparent then everything flashes you feel yourself being pulled as if you quickly just drop, that pit in your stomach just drops. And you see suddenly the world in this grayish, shadowish look to it. Everything is sort of flickering around. You feel yourself just glide right through the wall. You're walking, the sound is echoing around you as your footfall hits. You see this creature, it's looking grayish, but its eyes are this burning yellow that look right at you and you suddenly appear right in front of it. And roll to hit. I got a 15. That's a hit, and your second attack? 25, so I did 22 points of damage. So with all these hits that already hit this creature, you run up, it raises one arm to try to stop you. You slice that arm off at the elbow and you ram your other one right between its two dead fish eyes. And rip your blade out as this creature just collapses into the water. This horrid smelling yellowish ichor 
coats your blade and is leaking now into the water. And the other three quickly rush out. How the hell did you go through the wall? I don't know. It's just something I can do. Well, shit, that's handy. So you see there's this large fish-like man. And uh, Aldrich and Hilaya, they pull it onto land. And you see, yeah, it's about seven feet tall. And sitting on its chest is a mark that looks very similar to that fish hook that you've all been looking at. Well, Enzi, looks like we found our mark. Now where was it taking people? That, I am not sure. But at least we have a clue. Let's call this in. Get people to come down, help us drag this body back to headquarters. Okay. It didn't have any friends around, or if it did, they're gone. So it doesn't take long, and Aldrich talks over her communication sphere, and a number of people show up, and they get this body brought back, and you come back to the headquarters. It's quite late at night. You talk with the others for some time, and they're looking over this and poring over books. A few of the people come up to you. These three dwarves. Well, it looks like you found what's known as a deep one. A deep one? Yeah, we haven't run into many of these yet. Just a few here and there. Servants of a few of these elder evils. Not quite sure which ones yet, but we're going to look more into it. You should get some more rest. Yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, what did we say happened to Astaria? She's not okay right now? She's in a coma at the moment. She was gravely wounded from her fight with Dorum. Right, okay. Who would be in charge right now? Elwyn, uh, the Rakasha. Right, that's the one that I got the stones from. Yeah. What was that Tiefling's name? The one that went into my mind? Hilaya? Helia? Yeah. Hey, uh, Helia. Yeah? Can you come with me for a second? Yeah, sure. Where are we going? We need to go speak to Elwyn. Oh, all right, sure. You guys walk throughout the headquarters, and you find Elwyn's door. You see his name is inscribed on it, and you give it a few quick knocks before you hear the deep voice. Come in. Before we go in, I just look at her and I say, I thought about what you said, and I guess I will tell some people, but it needs to be a secret. Okay. Uh, I think Elwyn's a a wise choice. Okay. I open the door. So you open up the door, and the smell of incense is in this room. You see there's a stick that's burning on his desk. And he's looking over a few notes. The set of glasses is just resting on the bridge of his nose. And he looks up at you. Ah, Emzy. Elia. What brings you to my office? I shut the door carefully behind us, making sure there's no one walking down the hallway. Yeah, there was no one. Okay. I'll uh, pull up a chair, and I'll, I'll say to him, I had a dream... At least something that I thought was a dream at first. And then when I woke up, I realized that I didn't have the anti-scrying stone on me. 
and uh, I became very panicked because then I wondered if what I thought was a dream was actually real or what it was. It has to do with my brother back home. And I turn to Halaya and I just say, can you, can you explain to him what you saw and what you thought, what you feel it, it meant or what it was? Well, I took a look into MC's mind as you requested. And it definitely wasn't a dream, or at least not exactly. His brother was trying to get into his head. His brother is a powerful warlock who has an extensive amount of planar knowledge. He was trying to find out where MZ is, and he kept prodding him and pushing poking at his defenses and leading him into an area where he would have more power. It seemed like MZ was somewhat aware, but lost in the dream. As MZ came closer and closer to the portal, which would have led him more to his brother's domain, uh, another one appeared. His friend, Zin, who helped work in a resistance, They, he had a white stone on him, and this stone was granting him power of some sort that MZ was afraid of. Then uh, the being inside the stone reached out and took over this friend of his and grabbed MZ and killed him. By doing so, what they were actually doing was fighting off the brother and taking MZ out of the dream so that the brother couldn't get at his memories. And MZ confirmed this person in the stone to be Matthews. It doesn't make any sense why MZ would be protected by Matthews and why Matthews would be trying to stop his brother from getting into his head. You see, Elwyn is staring hard at you. This brother. I assume they work for your queen then, correct? I look at him and I say, my mother? He sits back in his chair and just keeps staring. This is going to be a problem. Your mother, the queen, your brother, one of her elites, I presume. Yeah, there's a, f- there's a few of us. And Matthews, trying to stop them from getting to you. But you're also trying to stop them from getting to you. Is there a reason for this? Because I feel that once they find me, they will either come to me and there will be a lot of violence and it probably won't go well for everyone. It's not going to go well for anyone. And once they find out about Borodon, they're not going to let him go. Yeah. MZ, I'm quite old. I know much of the worlds. And I've encountered your kind quite a few times. I know how your queen operates. Your mother. She's relentless. And she will continue her pursuit. And now she knows where you are. 
It would be not be good for you to stay in sanctuary for too long, but make the necessary preparations for whatever it is you need to do. I don't know what it is I need to do. But your family, your family's coming, MZ. Whatever help you need from us, we will give it without question. You're one of us. We're going to protect you. But you'll need to let us know what we're protecting you from. Get some rest. We'll talk more of this later. Are you going to inform the rest of your friends? I don't know. When I was at home with my family, I was a very different person. And if I if I'm with them again, then I have to be that person. It depends what you want to be, MZ. Not what your family wants you to be. And I doubt your friends are just going to let you go. They're a bit foolhardy at times if you haven't noticed. I just nod my head. Take some time to think on this. You have a bit. Get some sleep. I'm sure Kalsar will be getting up quite soon. He's gonna need his friends. When we found him, he wasn't even coherent. He was just screaming. He's gonna need some help. Okay. Hilaya gets up and, you know, pushes in her chair and Elwin puts his hand on your shoulder. He hands you this potion. This should help calm your nerves, help you relax, get some sleep. It's not going to put you into too deep of a sleep, but it'll just calm you. And you can see it's just a, a potion of calm emotion. Oh, okay. I'll be talking to Albedo, and we're going to see what we can do about this. If anyone knows more about planar travel, it would be him. You're sure they know where I am? Maybe not the very specifics. They might not know the city, but they at least know the world. I'm sure. But the world's big. There's a lot going on. It's going to take them some time. But maybe we can find a way to make that take even longer. Alright. Is there anything else you need, MZ? No. No, that's everything. Thank you for coming forward with this. It's better that we're aware instead of them attacking us and us being caught off guard. We're already low in numbers as it is. If Astoria were awake, she would probably have a number of spells that could help us, but right now I think we're a bit on our own. I'll be honest. A part of me doesn't think they're gonna kill anyone. Because nobody knows. I kept it a secret from everyone to keep them safe. The less they know, maybe the better. I just kind of feel that one day I'm not going to be around. Do you want to go back with them? Mm, Not really. But at the same time, I kind of do. Because... I mean, before all this happened, I was planning on killing my mother, and I still have to do that. Hmm. That's a... That's something many, many, many people have tried. Well, at the very least, we will do what we can. If you wish to keep this from Death Shift for now, that's fine. 
They may figure it out on their own, but... How about we just keep this a secret? And if I ever just disappear, maybe you can help them. Alright. Then I'll do just that. I'll get up and I'll leave. So you get up and head out. Helia heads out. And you go and try to get some rest. And as you're laying down, you look over. Every so often you see the blue flames catch on Kelsar's horns, then go out, catch, go out. You're not sure what's going on in that head of his, but he's muttering to himself. And you feel yourself just slowly get pulled off into sleep. Goodness, that was crazy, wasn't it, travelers? Or Emsy? Emsy on the run. Emsy on the run. Oh, that poor guy. I'm sure he'll be fine. What's the worst thing that can happen when your mother is a super evil lich? Probably just bad birthday parties, am I right? Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so, anyways, travelers, I hope you enjoyed today's show. And if you want to leave us uh, some kind words, hop on over to the Attunes of the Stitcher or even Pod Chaser, where you can come and find our show and leave reviews. Actually, on Pod Chaser, you can even leave reviews on individual episodes. So, if you really enjoyed something, hop on over there and be like, ooh, that was rad. We really appreciate it, travelers. Uh, but looks like I have to sit and talk to Trent, so that's going to be sweet. Wonder what we'll talk about. All right, well, do what you can, right, travelers? So I'm going to go play some Uno. I shall see you all soon, travelers. I bid you all adieu. Now, Trent, stop eating those. Coming soon. Eteria. A world to explore. Come, join us in Dungeon Digressions. From a gathering of nerds comes a new world, teeming with adventure and untouched by magic for centuries. A fresh group of adventurers take their first step in these evolving lands towards an unknown future guided by sheer luck, curiosity, and fate. With magic recently reintroduced into the world, old races once hidden from time begin to find their place once again. An adventure series crafted in intrigue and excitement. Join us December 3rd to share the experience with our players as our group of gnomes try to find their way. Captain Flock! Captain Flock! Captain Flock! Captain Flock! Captain Flock. Captain Flock. Hey, Mr. Flock! Flocky! Captain Flock! 
Follow along starting Tuesday, December 3rd in this bi-weekly ASMR-free podcast found wherever podcasts are found. For more information, visit DungeonDigressions.com. Battle of the Gnomes 2019. Be there.